hopefully a helpful little poster thing. Um, I can have a few of these printed out on, on smaller ones. It's just, it's a lot harder to read on an 8.5 by 11 than it is on the, I don't know what that is, 9 by 13, I don't know, 11 by 13. I don't know. Anyway, um, if we end up with time, I'll show you the video that goes with that. Um, but if not, it's fine anyway, because... I don't agree with the video 100%. There's things on that poster that I would change, but for the most part, it's a really good um, kind of outline of how Psalms goes. Thank you. You're awesome. It's a really good outline of how Psalms goes as far as themes how the uh, the books are set up, book one, two, three, four, five, and all of that. So uh, hopefully you can read that okay. I, uh, I had a dream last night that made me wake up early this morning and scrap my class and do a new one. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens. But, um, which I don't think is a divine thing at all, because my dreams are, are never... Divine. A couple nights ago, I had a dream that I was with Trump in the White House, which is not an aspiration of mine or anything, but had a dream that it was President Trump and me, and there was like news crews there, and <laughs> Trump was saying, everybody should be like this guy. <laughs> he was telling everybody in America to be like me. So, anyway... Um, but last night I had this dream where uh, it's, it was just like almost more of a feeling than necessarily events. But like, you know, your, your life is under attack. Your soul, your spirit is just under attack, just burdened, you know. And, um, and so I got up and I, I thought, you know, maybe this feeling is on me because I've been reading so much Psalms. And so much Psalms deal with, you know, I'm being attacked right now. Help me. Um, and so, so anyway, I, I woke up this morning and I was just thinking, you know, I, this this would be a good message, really, just for my spirit. Maybe it would be for for some of you too. But um, if I were to ask you, the word faith to come up with a helpful synonym, if you could no longer use the word faith in any of your conversations, what word might you use? Assurance, okay, go in the Hebrews 11 route, yeah, confidence is good too, belief, um, belief and faith are the same word in, in Greek, it's the same thing, trust, yeah, trust would be mine, um, and I think obviously they're all synonyms, right, but they're all so closely related, but uh, I was just thinking about um, you know, faith, sometimes we think of it as an action-oriented thing, uh, which it is, obviously. You know, James definitely talks a lot about that. Psalms already assumes faith, you know, belief. And um, Psalms is more written to people who already have a belief in God. And this is something that is a tool to deepen and to strengthen that belief, maybe to inform it in some ways. Um, 
But yeah, so, so I was just thinking through psalms that talk a lot about trust and trusting in God. A lot of the psalms might not say the word trust. Quite a few of them do. But uh, other words that the psalms are going to use uh, or phrases are things like wait on the Lord. Um, throughout the Old Testament, it, it, it's going to be the case with all of these. But wait in the Lord. Uh, hope in the Lord. Uh, rest is going to be another one of those. Resting in God. All of these, to me, are very powerful um, I don't know, phrases about what faith really is. Uh, it, and it's not, it's not blind faith, right? Um, trust is generally gained, right? Trust is not... I, I'm not going to trust somebody who I meet in Old Town to come watch my kids while Taryn and I go out. You know, like, it's, that's not how trust works, right? Trust is built and it's, and it's gained. Uh, faith, um, I, I think typically understood in the correct way, is not blind, right? It's, it's not a Hail Mary pass where the quarterback just drops back and just lobs it up there and says, I hope somebody is over there, you know. And, uh, and that they can catch it and that my throw is, is good and all that. It's more, it's demonstrated, right? Um, because the team talks about the, the play beforehand and the quarterback, sorry to use a football analogy, especially during the World Cup. But, um, you know, the, the team gets back and the quarterback says, all right, this is the play that we're going to go. He knows the exact route of every receiver. He knows that he's going to go 10 yards. He's going to cut this way. This receiver is going to go 15 yards, and then he's going to cut diagonal. And so that when he throws and releases that ball, even though the receiver's not there yet and hasn't even changed direction yet, that's where he's going to end up, right? That's, I think, a better analogy of, of what faith is. It's, it's more of maybe a, a, a called play as opposed to blind faith. Sometimes, sometimes it is blind and we lob it up and, and uh, some, you know, sometimes it works. But anyway, uh, favorite word in the Psalms. would like to know if you could pick one word from the Psalms that uh, to you just, I don't know, speaks a lot. Uh, what word might that be for you? And it might not be just in the Psalms, obviously, right? Sing. Sing. Good one. Yep. Be pretty common in the Psalms. Worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, my, my favorite word is but. <laughs> one T. Um... So as, as uh, Dane has already talked about and you've seen in a lot of the psalms we've already looked through is many of the psalms that start out as laments, my life is terrible, why is this going on, what is the deal, halfway through say, but this. Nevertheless, you know, these are my circumstances and even though this is what it appears to be and, and I have reason for having these feelings... Um, I trust in God, right? In more words than that. Uh, so I just want to look at a few psalms of trust with you guys. And uh, 
hopefully maybe you can just gather some things from it to uh, take into your life this week. Um, I don't have a, a slide for this one, but Psalm 23, I think, you know, there's a lot to say about that, and it's, it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's uh, only about trust, it's about a lot of things, but uh, I was watching a video from Ray Vanderlaan several, uh, this was several years ago, and this really stuck with me. He talked about how um, when it says, uh, you know, you lead me to green pastures. And in our mind, we think of green pastures as, uh, you know, just lush everywhere you step. It's a foot tall grass and the sheep are just going to gorge themselves and never have a thing to worry about and all of that. And uh, he goes, he takes a group to the side of this mountain where the, you know, the Bedouin shepherds uh, would, would take their sheep. And it's anything but lush and green. And yet, that particular location in that area was called Green Pastures, and, or is called Green Pastures. And the way that it works over there is the, the morning dew uh, would come and it would uh, make just enough tufts of grass underneath the rocks and on the side of things and maybe next to a bush and that sort of thing. Um, and so you've just got little tufts everywhere. And the message that he brought out, which I, I think is, is, uh, is true, is you know, sometimes God doesn't lead you into this lush field where everywhere you look, everything is going well, right? Sometimes it's, here's a tuft here, and then I go to a tuft of grass over here. I've got what I need for today, right? Just as Jesus says in, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, my daily bread. Um, let's see the 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 valley of the shadow of death. You know, so he talks about leading, and then he says, "In the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me." And uh, obviously, I think God is leading us and with us all the time. I think sometimes we make too much of. Well, when everything is going well, God is out in front leading me. But when everything is wrong, then God is with me. Both are true all the time, I think, but anyway, uh, it sounds more poetic to say it the other way. Uh, so I looked at, last night, um, some, some uh, customs and laws of Bedouin shepherds, uh, Bedouin um, tent dwellers, and hospitality. So as, as you know, in the Old Testament, hospitality is a big deal, and it's still a really big deal in, uh, in the Middle East today, especially with, uh, with that uh, nomadic group. And if, if you are traveling through and you go to someone's tent, they are honor-bound to feed you, to give you everything you need, the best of everything that they have. I mean, that, that's the norm, okay? Uh, you're protected. If you're, being, if you're being chased by somebody and some enemy and you go to somebody's house and they invite you in, that host is honor-bound to protect you to the death from anybody who wants to come get you. Um, except, generally, if you are uh, in somebody's tent then the, and they know that you're in there, your enemies aren't coming for you anyway because there's just this understanding of hospitality that um, when somebody invites you into their house, you are safe, Right? Um, 
And so when, uh, when David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and that could almost be a literal thing. You know, I, th- I think there's a very spiritual analogy going on here, but it could also almost be practically literal. In the pr- my enemies are at the gates, and yet I'm safe because I'm in your house. I'm protected. You've given me all this food. You've given me the best of everything you have to offer. Um, and so here I am, right? And uh, I mean, there, there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of stories that we could talk about in the Old Testament where hospitality did not go well, um, and people were cursed for it. But uh, The Last Samurai, really good movie, you know, with Tom Cruise who plays uh, a white guy who surprised an American who. Uh, is in Japan and ends up getting captured. He's trying to lead a group of modern Japanese people to shoot with guns and everything and become an army. And this group of samurai just wipes them all out with swords and stuff. He gets captured, and while he's in this village, um, I mean, he's he's a guest, right? He's not going to be harmed. Um, and even in the midst, uh, even with your enemies, if you if you're uh, invited in, you're safe. You're you're cared for. Anyway, um, okay, let's go t- on here to uh, Psalm 27. I just pulled out a few verses here. Obviously, you can uh, open up there um, and read the whole thing. But the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Um, I, I, I mean, those are some amazing lines there, especially the one that uh, really caught out to me, even though my mother and my father forsake me, right? Uh, the Lord will receive me. Um, and, and again, you've got the, these synonyms of waiting for the Lord, um, um, waiting in God, hoping in God, trusting in him. But something that really stuck out to me, which maybe isn't necessarily on the theme of trust, but I, I wanted to, to flesh this out just a little bit. It says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Um, this, this one thing I thought really kind of captured me. And the New Testament made me think of some verses. Paul says in Philippians 3, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Uh, The blind man in John 9 says, One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Uh, Jesus tells Martha, One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. Uh, And then he tells the rich man, One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Um, 
I'm not sure that this is like a main thread through Scripture or anything, but this is at least what it made me think, this verse in in, uh, Psalm 27. We are so very uh, pulled in many different directions in Western Christianity, uh, Western society, right? We've got all these things going on. The better you multitask, the, the more valuable you are as a person, it seems like. And it uh, seems like maybe even in, in the ancient Middle East, they had that problem too. And, and Scripture's saying, hone in on what is most important, right? You've got all these things going on. Some of them might seem spiritual. Some of them, you know, maybe not as much. Man, focus your entire life on one thing, everything else. Jesus says, um, um, seek first the kingdom, right? And, uh, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Uh, also thought about Solomon and the other blind man in Mark 10. All right, God asks Solomon, one th- I'll give you one thing, what do you want? And, I mean, you all know Solomon asks for wisdom. He asks, uh, Jesus asks the blind man in, uh, in Mark 10, uh, says, uh, you know, what do you want? Right? And the blind man says, well, I, w- I want to see, you know. And I don't know, I, I sort of I was kind of asking myself this morning at different times in my life, if God had come to me and said, I'll give you one thing, right? I'm, I'm your magic vending machine genie right now. One thing, what is it? Um, and it seems like at you know certain episodes in my life it, it would probably be different things, but generally, whatever is the biggest desire of your heart, that's that's what you ask for. Whatever you long for, whatever you yearn for the most, um, you know that's that's the one thing that you're seeking. Uh, so David is under attack, right? In Psalm 27, most of his life he's under attack. Uh, most of the Psalms he is, it seems like, but. Uh, so he says, you know, one thing I ask from the Lord. And, and you'd think in that moment it might be um, that I may have deliverance from God and that everything is going to go well from this point forward or something like, um, I, one thing I ask is that God will just wipe out all of my enemies instantly, you know, Elijah, fire from sky sort of thing. And, um, uh, but he says, you know, even in spite of my life is terrible right now, Still, it's the one thing I seek is just the presence of God in my life, uh, which is what uh, the temple um, meant to him. It was, um, it, it was the presence of God, right? Which, uh, if you're in God's presence, if you're in God's house, uh, then protection comes with all those things. But anyway, uh, let's keep going here. Psalm 62 For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, 
and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Uh, so this, this psalm is a little bit different from a lot of the other psalms uh, where life is not going really well and so I am just going to vent all of my frustration to God and, you know, God already knows and so I'm just, I'm just going to let it all out, right? And I think oft, many times that is appropriate God already knows how mad you are and how angry you are at him, or just at life in general. Uh, you might as well say it. And yet, at the same time, I think there's so much wisdom when um, we're able to just wait in silence. Uh, when even though my, my soul is just bursting out of anger and frustration or whatever else because of what life has handed me or what I might even feel like God has handed me. Um, the Psalms gives, gives us, a, gives us uh, I think, license to maybe, I don't know if yell is the right word, but you know, talk to God about that. And yet, there's also a license here to wait in silence. Um, just like Job for so long when his friends are, you know, even his wife is saying, curse God and die. Job, Job is like um, just totally, completely still dependent on God, even though, sure, emotionally he's just broken and empty. Um, uh, generally, if you feel like your life is going all wrong and you want to yell at God and be mad, because you feel like God has done something wrong, um, I think it's important to remember, you're the one that's wrong, <laughs> right? God's, God's right, you know? Um, anyway, let's, let's keep going. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Um, There's there's a lot of psalms and a lot of places in scripture where we get these uh, promises of protection. No harm is going to come to you. I don't know a lot of times what to do with that. You can spiritualize. I think we can over-spiritualize everything in Scripture um, to a degree that maybe is not really, I don't know, just kind of too ambiguous maybe. Uh, We can also go to the other side of the extreme and say every promise in Scripture is for Bradley Morrow. You know, and I don't think necessarily that's the right way to look at it either. Um... Somewhere, somewhere in the middle, I, I guess, is, is where we're supposed to be. But um, nevertheless, the Psalms has all these, all these reminding God of the promise to keep me safe, protected. Um, and I don't know. I, I, because obviously, many of our lives have, have not gone the way that we would want to. Things have happened Brokenness has happened, um, heartbreak, and all sorts of all sort of things, and um, so maybe not every promise for 
you know, prosperity and all, and all those things are necessarily directly for us. Um, but anyway, what I, what I wanted to uh, focus on here was uh, when I came across this psalm, the, in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, does that ring any bells to anybody? Famous book. Um, so you, I think you all know the story of uh, Jim Elliot and his four friends that flew down to um, uh, Ecuador to some an Indian tribe down there who was very violent and everything. And he went down and him and his four friends were all killed by this violent group of people. Um, and so this book has a lot of his uh, diary entries and that sort of thing in it. But one of his quotes, uh, Jim Elliot, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Um, and so Elizabeth, uh, his wife, writes uh, this book. Well, I guess they technically co-wrote it, but anyway, um, Shadow of the Almighty, she titles it after that psalm, um, which if you go back, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Ironic, isn't it, that she would choose a psalm that talks about God's protection and deliverance to title this this book where, you know, he, he dies, <laughs> you know? Um, you have any thoughts about that? Why would, why would she do that? I haven't asked her, and, and uh, I haven't read the whole book, so I don't know. But, I don't know, just, I'd, I'd want to know what some of your thoughts are. Why would she choose the title of this psalm uh, for, for that diary, for that book? I've got I got a lot of Red Bull. I can sit up here for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a higher perspective, um, like Paul talks a lot about in Ephesians. Um, you know, bringing your mind from down here to look at this bigger picture, which, by the way, is more than just your life. <laughs> you know, um, the the kingdom. If we go back to that one thing, you know, that one thing that I seek. That one thing that I desire with all my my heart and mind and soul and strength um, is it just for is it for my own deliverance in times of trouble or is it that God's message is going to reign in me and through me and that I'm going to be in the presence of God for eternity uh, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord right um, so so I, I just I kind of Really like that message, um, anyway, of, of uh, Psalm 91, which, 
Yeah, Chuck. Right. Um, and yeah, just like Chuck mentioned, if you don't know, um, because of that book and the stories and, and the, the lives of the women and, and their families who were left behind, uh, that engaged a generation of people, of Christians, to support that work. And, uh, you know, there's some groundwork laid here. Now we need to continue uh, funneling energy and resources and everything we can into this, and, um, and uh, even the, the man who killed, uh, uh, who killed him ended up becoming Christian, believing in Christ and all that. So, uh, cool end of the story, but it just kind of reminds me of, of Romans, um, that God works for the good. Maybe not necessarily what I would consider good for me in the moment, but God works for the good, right? The, the big G, I guess you would call it, 
um, the good of the kingdom, even in situations where uh, I don't see a way out of it, right? Um, okay, so I want to end with uh, open up to uh, about Psalm tw- uh, one twenty. So the the songs of ascent are some of my favorite uh, psalms. Partly because they're super short, <laughs> uh, so they would. Um, the purpose of the songs of ascent, you know, they're all together. These are the songs that would be sung or, or chanted by groups of people co- going to Jerusalem for a festival or for whatever else from the uh, uh, from the other cities around. And uh, obviously, you've got to go through the hills and up the hills to get to Jerusalem. Uh, And so one of the Songs of Ascent specifically talks about the mountains that surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Um, And so these these are essentially, um, these these are prayers for safety, for focus, uh, as, as people are making pilgrimage to Jerusalem from wherever they're coming from. Um, my dad, when we were going on vacation when I was a, a kid, uh, we would get in the car at 5 o'clock in the morning or earlier, and we would all, I mean all seven of us, and we would all hold hands around in, in our full-size van and somebody would pray for safety and, and all that. We would get to wherever we were going, 10 hours away and, you know, at the beach or something. And we would pray for Thanksgiving that God brought us there. And then we would leave and do the same thing. And, um, uh, and so, so the songs of ascent just kind of remind me of, uh, of that. Just, you know, praying that God would take you where you're going safely, that you would you know, just experience his presence the whole way. Uh, when A couple of years ago, I brought Christian and Becca with me to Lubbock and back. And on my way back from Lubbock, um, they were both sleeping. They were both sleeping in, in the car, a little uh, Subaru legacy, you know, small little thing. And uh, so I'm, I'm going just listening to my audio book. And suddenly, the road disappears. I'm still driving on asphalt, totally smooth, but there's no lines on the road, like either direction. Um, turns out my headlights were really, really bad. You know, I'm, I'm going forward, and I'm like, man, this is weird. What's going on? And then, blam, 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 blam. I went over this curb, uh, median thing. So what happened was, I was on this highway that sort of, T-bones into another highway with this big triangle median in the middle. Does that make sense? And there were no lights, uh, no like reflective paint or anything. And uh, so with bad headlights, I could hardly see it. And I just ran right over that curb going 60 miles an hour. And uh, <laughs> so you can imagine the reaction of Christian and Becca when they are jolted awake um, and, uh, you know, so I, I swerve, you know, drift back on, onto, uh, I mean, I never left the, the road, I guess, technically, but anyway, so I, I start going the right direction, 
I, I smell all sort of bad smells, you know, burning rubber and everything, uh, leaking stuff. And uh, the first thing I said was, I promise I wasn't asleep. <laughs> uh, because I was really concerned they would think I was like an irresponsible driver or something like that, which isn't true. So uh, anyway, Christian was, uh, after they kind of collected themselves for a few minutes, Christian said, I had four thoughts in that half of a second. <laughs> and the first thought was, oh no, I forgot to ask for prayers on Facebook before we left Lubbock this morning. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, so, so the, the songs of ascent, I just, uh, I don't have these verses up here, but, um, I, I mean, they're only, it's only like two pages in, in my Bible, which is tiny, tiny. Um, but I just wanted to read some verses here and, and I hope they, uh, are encouraging to you. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Uh, Psalm 123, I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven. As the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. I like that analogy there. As a slave looks to his master, I am completely and entirely dependent on God um, for, my, for my bread, for, uh, for everything. Psalm 124 If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Uh, Verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, You've got a one of the only psalms um, with a... uh, for, from Solomon here, Psalm 127. And uh, so it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Um, Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Uh, Dane talked about this one a couple of weeks ago. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. I, I like that analogy. The whole purpose of a watchman is waiting for the morning, right? The Lord is, is the purpose of my life, right? Yahweh is my whole reason for, for being here, for doing everything that I do. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Uh, Psalm 131, uh, verse 2, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. I actually kind of wrote something similar, well... 
on on this theme in the July uh, Metal Arc Messenger uh, thing, because Carl asked me to, and uh, I was thinking about how this vacation that we were supposed to go on a couple of weeks ago, we had made it to uh, just past Vail, and our transmission blew, and we had to uh, get all that fixed. We had to get a tow back to Denver. Uh, Seth Turney came down and, and picked all of us up and my camper and, you know, anyway, it was a terrible situation. But the entire time, uh, I, I realized that I'd kind of taken for granted my kids were never really worried about anything. Um, they had total trust that Taryn and I were looking after them, taking care of them. Uh, they could just run around and look for lizards and stuff on, uh, you know, the side of the road. And um, because they never had to worry, you know, even though Taryn and I were going to have to spend thousands of dollars on transmission job and, you know, all this other stuff and our vacation wasn't going to work out, um, the kids knew that we were still working for their good, even though uh, things didn't really seem like it. Um, so anyway, I'd, I'd like that image of like a calmed child, like a weaned child is my soul within me because I know God is looking after me. He has my best interest um, in mind and, and at heart. So uh, that's our time, and see you next week.